podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. confidence because it feels good and it gives us a sense of control. The alternative would be constant anxiety. To notice that voice in our head, that running assessment we all have as we go about our lives, it is way too critical. We beat ourselves up for every perceived mistake. What if self-compassion gives us the benefits of self-confidence without the downside of delusion? Self-compassion encourages us to acknowledge our flaws and limitations, allowing us to look at ourselves from a more objective and realistic point of view. Writes Eric Barker, the author of Barking Up the Wrong Tree. Today, my conversation is with Hina Siddiqui about self-confidence. Hina is an author, blogger, life coach, and communication trainer in India. She has written four books, and she's the creator of several online courses. Here is the interview with Hina Siddiqui. words. Who is Hina Siddiqui? Thank you for having me on this show. This is this feels wonderful to be here on, on your uh, episode. Uh, Hina Siddiqui is, uh, my freedom defines me. And I say that I want to live my authenticity while doing my work, which is extremely, extremely important to me because it creates value to what I do. And it contributes in some way to the world. And of course, it's a journey and it's growing uh, day by day. I just like to explore different opportunities and myself because I think that humans are multi-layered people. So it's always good to see different layers of me because I'm also trying to discover myself along the way. So that's a great journey. So I would just call myself an explorer. Hmm. That's great. Thank you. It took me many years to identify a life of purpose that is unique to me. My sun shines a little brighter each day, and every single day is filled with huge excitement, trust, and so much to look forward to. This is one of your statements, Hina. 
I feel that the piece you wrote, five mm-hmm. powerful ways to build your self-confidence in this statement, uh-huh. they, they're very much in alignment with self-compassion. Would you agree? Right. Right. Exactly. Totally. Why do we tend to believe in and give so much attention to negative people and their opinion about us? Well, it's because we have been conditioned this way since we are a child. It all starts in our growing years when we don't really have any filters. And we just tend to absorb everything, good or bad, that's happening around. And as most of the people, including our family, relatives, friends, neighbors, and those we deal with in day-to-day life, are not uh, appreciative. And most are negative in their minds and behaviors. So we get to hear more of negative stuff, and we believe that as true. And by the time we become adults, we are still the same, unless we learn a way to repair the damage done in the past and correct that negative conditioning. So this is this just doesn't happen over uh, you know over a short period of time. This is our conditioning that happens from the very early age, and we tend to believe the negative people and the negative voices even when we are adults. Yeah, I believe that too. Um, so regarding the uh, the past, all the, the traumas and mm-hmm. all the events that have influenced mm-hmm. us to become this you know negative person. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the solutions would be or the steps to take to become more positive? We can do it on our own. Uh, we have lots of stuff available in terms of courses, in terms of too many you know, good articles and information on the internet. And there are so many coaches who help us regain that positive outlook that we have lost along the way. I agree. It seems to me like self-examination, um, this idea of self-study, mm-hmm. self-learning, discovery, like you said, right. being an explorer, that is so, um, has so much to do with self-growth, right? Correct, um, correct. So on self-doubt, you wrote, even at times when people were applauding my qualities and skills, I was digging in deep to find my faults, even in the positive situations. How did you overcome this level of self-doubt? Well, it's been a long journey. It wasn't easy. I had to put in a lot of work to overcome that level of self-doubt and my low self-esteem. I constantly kept reminding myself that I was worthy of great things in life. I kept on meeting new people, practicing confidence in different situations, and that was a deliberate confidence in each one of of them. And trying every single technique I learned along the way to enhance my self-image. And the five powerful ways to build self-confidence. You say, make a list of 20 good things about you that make you an awesome person to you, Mm -hmm. not others. How would this help us to gain self-confidence? Well, it, it simply helps to shift our mindset from negative to positive. Our self-doubt often gets us trapped in comparison situations. And uh, we just keep comparing ourselves with the people we look up to. And we know that there is no logic behind it because everyone, uh, every single person is unique in, uh, in this world. So everyone has some unique gifts to share with the world. But still, we just keep on doing it based on our past experiences and our negative hard, oh, I like, I, 
uh, our negative conditioning. And it seems difficult to accept that we are good enough. So when I made a list of 20 good things that I appreciated about myself, it helped me keep my focus on my strengths instead of my weaknesses. And here I would like to make clear that merely creating a list of good things is not enough. We need to find the evidence, uh, you know, the proper evidence to support those points and convince our minds so that we believe that whatever points we are talking about here, they are totally true and they hold some, you know, real meaning. That sounds very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only thing I would find to be sort of challenging in this mm-hmm. um, step one of becoming mm-hmm. a more confident person, it would be sort of delusion. What about if we start like writing things that we are not, we just want it to be? What about if it's just a fantasy? Yes, I would like to say that the list has to be based on our authentic self. And if we think that we, I want to be a kind of person which I'm not at present, writing that on the list would not make any sense unless our subconscious mind believes that. So the first thing is that whatever you write on the list, it needs to be believable. So I, I suggest that it needs to be totally you know, in alignment with your personality and your authenticity. Right. I like this idea, um, mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of um, trying to picture, for example, um, somebody who has narcissistic traits, you know, a narcissistic mm-hmm. person, even with a narcissistic personality disorder, they would tend to probably exaggerate, right? And write a mm-hmm. lot of things that they believe they are. Mm-hmm. And actually it is a belief that is a, is a disorder. They believe they are that person or better than everybody else, uh, that they're mm-hmm. there to help others, not the opposite, or people are mm-hmm. there to serve them. So what mm-hmm. about if they write these traits as like being awesome about them? I believe that's completely fine as far as you internally uh, come to an agreement with those points. If you think that you can do it, you can do it. So it's all in the mind. Yeah, but even if it is like uh, something that is uh, a fantasy, right? You're saying, mm-hmm. do you think that perhaps by writing these qualities, they will be able to see that they are false? Is there a possibility for that too, that discovery? Yes, that what I'm saying here is that it needs to be true to yourself, right? Uh, suppose I think that I exhibit confidence in every situation while I I'm not able to do it while uh, living my life day-to-day uh, basis. So what exactly I need to write is that what is true to myself. For example, I look good, okay? And I think that I look good when I look into the mirror as some parts of my face, like I just am in love with my eyes or something like that. I would say that I like my eyes, so this is true. And then only I'm going to write that point on my list. So in a way, you're saying that most people, even if they have Mm -hmm. sort of personality disorders, they will be able to see what's true about themselves. The second powerful way you suggest to build self-confidence is to expose yourself to new and different experiences. You Mm -hmm. wrote that you constantly did things that made you scared and uncomfortable. Please explain to me, how trying to defeat fear and leaving our comfort zone 
help us to enhance self-worth? Okay. When I'm writing this point, I'm talking about fear of failure, which is the deadliest when it comes to achieve our goals and dreams. And this kind of fear keeps majority of us from taking action and moving forward. I no wonder most people end up in graves without having done what they were meant to do and achieve. So fear of failure has a lot to do with our self-image. We feel inadequate to achieve something worthwhile, and that's why we never attempt it. So facing our fears and overcome them is a must to enhance our self-worth. I believe so. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with that too. Facing, mm-hmm. but in a realistic way, right? Because sometimes yeah, people exactly. think about um, uh, facing <laughs> fears. Like if I'm afraid of war, I'm just going to fight a war so I can defeat fear. But that's, I mean, that's kind of uh, not nah, so That's totally right. It's just <laughs> that stretching yourself a bit at a time. So it's not completely stretched so you feel stressed out or torn off. It's just like stretching yourself a little bit every time. I like that. Yeah, it's sort of uh, not going extremes. Exactly. Absolutely. I like that, you know. The third powerful way to build self-confidence is to develop old passions, is to identify things that we like to do in a flow Things that just make us feel good. What do you mean by flow? Okay, uh, there are times in life when we get so much involved into a task or some activity that we forget everything else. It happens with every one of us. It happens with me. It must be happening to you as well. That's the flow state. It's a state of peak performance. It usually happens when we do things we really are passionate about. Uh, For me, it's when I'm learning something new or writing about a topic I'm totally fascinated about or even traveling or even talking to a friend over uh, over the telephone on a deep subject. So all this is just effortless and so is our natural state. Uh, I really believe that we all are born with natural confidence and it's just about reclaiming it. Hmm. Natural confidence. I like that. So self Compassion. It's really something mm-hmm. that I, you know, I, I kind of lean toward to explore more or to try to be, you know, more like that, you know, a self-compassionate person. You talk about natural confidence. Is that sort of similar um, to self-compassion? Self-compassion is where we love ourselves and we are being kind to ourselves, right? Self-confidence, uh, the natural confidence that we are talking about here is that when we are born, we have that confidence. We don't care about the world. We don't care if you are crying, then who's looking or who's you know talking about us in a negative way or something like that. We are just being ourselves. So we are born with that level of confidence and it's still there in us. It's just that there is a kind of dust, uh, dusty layer that covers it uh, over a period of time with our negative experiences and as we go along the way. Uh, We just need to reclaim it. We just need to dust it off and reclaim that natural state of confidence that we are born with. Yes, Do you think that the fear of being Mm -hmm. our true selves, like expressing ourselves genuinely, is what Mm -hmm. is the the obstacle? It's getting in the way? Yes, it it often gets in the way because when we have fear, fear is, uh, it hampers our confidence. 
So when we are not able to express ourselves, it comes out of some kind of fear where we have uh, the fear of rejection that we may not be taken as we are if we uh, express ourselves the way we are. So yes, you are right. And, and I think, Hannah, that um, irrational fear is what mm -hmm. really gets in the way, right? Because a lot of times it's it just does. in our own minds the, mm -hmm. the obstacles, but they don't really exist. Here, I would, I would just like to add here that um, rational fear, yes, we need to deal with, but there are, uh, the most of the times, the fear is fake. It does not exist. And most of the time it happens in our normal lives. Yes, it's something that we're not even yes. aware of, right? A lot of times. Right, exactly. Um, the fourth powerful way to build self-confidence is changing your handwriting. This is very interesting. Um, it's called graphotherapy. Not sure if I pronounced right. it right, but uh, right. or writing handwriting therapy. A specific process designed to create change. Graphotherapy reprograms the personality through repetitive, small micro movements of the fingers. True. Can you please explain through your own personal experience with this therapy? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when you mentioned that changing the way you wrote the letter T, as in Tom, mm -hmm. improved your self image. Please explain this experience to us. Well, that's really a great question. And uh, handwriting therapy, it helped me a lot in enhancing my self-image and confidence. And trust me, it didn't happen in a day. It was a deliberate practice for a long time. Almost all of us know about graphology or handwriting analysis. It's a study that helps us to read someone's character and mind through their handwriting, as you just mentioned. But not many of us probably know what graphotherapy is. Years ago, when I found about this amazing self-improvement technique, using this, we can directly access our subconscious mind and correct what we like in our personality. In plain language, the idea behind this is that we get the direct signals from our brains while we form the letters through our fingers. And the letter T reveals our ambition, goals, and how much crap we are willing to take before you get out of a bad relationship. So the lower the cross of the T bar, the lower our own self-image really is. Mm. And research shows that uh, people with low T bar stay in bad relationships and bad jobs way too long. Mm. And on the other hand, people with high cross T bars tend to set higher goals, make more money, have better relationships, and are generally happier. So we need to pay attention to where we cross the T-bar. Wow, that is so interesting. So it really that reveals, is. right, like the sort of a truth about our um, relational, emotional department. That is so... Right. I had no idea. I'm going to start writing now. When this practice with the T cross <laughs> all the way really, really high. <laughs> Got to be careful not to exaggerate, right, Hina, to go like yeah. extreme. <laughs> It won't look like a T anymore <laughs> if I start doing that. <laughs> so it was so so it was when in the beginning when I found about this study and I started making the T bar and now every time I'm forming a letter yeah like I'm forming a T uh, I just pay special attention to where I'm crossing it. Right. How long did it take you to uh, to change uh, some of your personality traits by doing this? 
Oh, well, this is a process of 30 days. If you started today and you started uh, today uh, as in um, you're writing a paragraph and you're paying special attention to the T-bar and then you keep on doing it for the next 30 days. If you miss it a day, you need to start all over again. So this is the process and anybody can benefit out of this amazing technique. Right. So there's like 30 consecutive days. Absolutely. Hmm. And then what do you choose? Like you said, a paragraph, I would say, let's Mm see, I'm thinking here, um, maybe 10 phrases, right? 10 lines. 10 lines or maybe a page. It depends on the kind of time you have available to, to you. Okay, the key is to practice this for 30 days. What do you write? Just anything. Uh, You can write in your journal while, you know, paying attention towards it. Or uh, you may choose to copy something, you know, word for word. You can write just anything. It's just not that you need to write, uh, you know, about something special. It can be just anything and everything. You can write whatever you feel like. So it doesn't have to be the same paragraph. It can be anything, but just you need to be really consistent with this practice for 30 days. Okay. The fifth powerful way to build self-confidence is to sincerely help others. You wrote, we are all connected in a special way. We feel good about ourselves when we are sincere, kind, and helpful to the coexisting members of Earth, especially to those who are deprived and really in need of attention and help. Are you saying that being a spiritual person is another powerful way to build self-confidence? Absolutely, that is. Uh, Spirituality opens many doors without we even knowing about it. Uh, Since I have turned to spirituality, my self-image has taken a leap of faith in what I do and who I am. And when we do something worthy for others, we immediately start feeling great within ourselves. And feeling good about about ourselves is what makes us confident. Yeah. I think the challenge is to do something to help others and not expect anything in return. Right. That's, that's true. It's like when we do something for people who can't pay us back in cash or kind, we are uh, doing ourselves the favor. And there's a great quote about this, that when you're good to your, to others, you are best to yourself. So this is, uh, this happens like when we are doing it, uh, doing some good deed with no expectations, we are not going to get anything in return. Like then things really go well and we are in perfect harmony with the universe. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in a way we will know that what we are doing is actually helping our own lives, but we are not expecting. So that is, it um, does. Yeah. That's the true meaning of spirituality. I, I right. Um, the next question for you is what is the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem? Self-confidence and self-esteem. These two concepts are largely interconnected, but, but they are still two different things. Self-confidence is our belief in ourselves and in our abilities, while our self-esteem is our overall sense of self-worth or personal value, the worth that we put on ourselves. And our confidence is the direct result of our self-esteem. Actually, you're saying that self-confidence is just uh, it's the manifestation of a healthy self-esteem. 
Absolutely. Yeah, totally that, true. Yeah, that sounds, it resonates with me. Uh-huh. Um, I love to make people's lives interesting and worth dying for. You wrote this statement on your website. All right. There's a beautiful quote by Abraham Lincoln that says, and in the end, it's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years. And I exactly mean that when I say a life worth dying for. Would you say a meaningful life? A meaningful life, full on purpose, where we are enjoying our life without having too much to worry about. The life which is contributing to the world, the life which is giving you complete fulfillment and true joy above uh, the materialistic world. Yes. So you wrote, I'm living a life I have always been excited about, helping people achieve what they desire and are destined for is my mission and biggest passion. Why are you so passionate about helping others to achieve what they desire? What about if what they want is not what they need? As every individual has some innate gifts, I too have been sent into this world with a very kind heart. That's what I believe firmly. And I've been noticing it since I was just a child. It's really painful to see people in pain. And it's been in there into me when I didn't even know about how this world operates. And no one is meant for suffering. It's only our lack of awareness about how things actually work and how we can upscale what we call our destiny. I think all individuals at core need fulfillment and true joy of being. We may want endless material things, but it's not what we really need to feel happy and fulfilled. Above all, it's, again, the same thing, a life of fulfillment and true joy. Knowing our gifts and using Mm -hmm. them, accepting them, and then giving away. My concern, it's still about, you know, desires and everybody wants something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what they want is not what they need. It won't improve their lives in a spiritual way. It won't help them to become a healthier, happier person. I think as a life coach, my work is to guide the people through uh, a certain process where they they really understand what exactly they want. And of course, uh, need is something which is... uh, I believe that there are some basic needs that food, shelter, clothing, and fulfillment. That's what I I call it. It's they themselves who decide what is right for them and what is wrong for them. It's just by asking the right questions and by making them realize what they truly want. Because sometimes, for example, at some point in time, I need a luxury car. And I know that uh, having, I think that uh, having that car in my possession would make me happy. But I know once the initial excitement and pleasure settles down, I will just come back to my baseline and I will not be able to feel any more happier, you know, with that kind of possession. So it comes with time and you get your own uh, signals from the universe along the way that keeps on giving you some kind of uh, roadmaps or milestones where you understand how things go and what is right for me. Um, uh-huh. Which is a job, the job of um, some 
people who are trying to truly help others is like to sort of open the door where they can see themselves and what they're doing right. like realistically and genuinely. Exactly. Yeah. What are three things about life you know for sure? Well, uh, the first and the most important I would say is self-love. Because all nice things actually start from that point, uh, what you call self-compassion. When we love and value ourselves, we work towards our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. And then comes uh, living on purpose. That's the second one. Because when we start living a life on purpose, we are in direct alignment with the universe and gain fulfillment on the way, which is, in my opinion, is much more important than happiness. Uh, the third, I believe, it's growth. It's imperative to find ways in which we can constantly grow and develop. Where can we find more about you, your work, products, services, future projects? Uh, well, I have my books available on Amazon. Uh, my four books are there uh, in print and Kindle versions. And all of my work, uh, my books, online courses can be easily found on my website, www.authorhina.com. And invite all the listeners to join my email list to receive some great free stuff and special offers that we run every now and then. That is great. Thank you so much for this interview today, the conversation Thank you with me. so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Hina. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Hina Siddiqui, please visit her website, authorhina.com. Author, H-I-N-A.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, and Terry Clayton. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.